Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the 12-6 Podcast. It's your boy, Mari, here. I'm joining my co-host, Ryan. What up, Ryan? Not much, man. How we doing? Doing great. And then we got uh, to recap UFC action a little later in the pod. We got Mr. Gonzalo here. Chala, what's up, buddy? Yeah, it's been a minute or two, but here I am. Yeah, man. So we're going <clears> to <throat> we're gonna let you jump in whenever you want. If you got any questions, man, as, as a commenter, as a more of a common, not really. Yeah. You don't know much about football, but yeah, we're going to talk yeah. about that first. Uh, you're more of the UFC guy, so we'll, we'll get more questions to you on the second half but first things first uh, let's talk about this weekend Ryan what do you what you got what you what you got what do you want to talk about first man no I really just kind of in general like I think this last week in the divisional round I think that was like pound for pound the best football I've ever seen 100 percent, man like we could start with honestly any game first and there could be like a case or a reason like why that was the best game of the weekend man dude I will tell you what man as a, as a fan going into Saturday night I was watching the Bengals and Titans <clears throat> game and I was like if this game is similar to what we're going to see later on in that night, that was going to be anxiety-driven all night. I mean, it was the same exact thing, man. It was back and forth pretty much. I mean, even even in the first half, there was no points from the Niners, but it was back and forth a lot. But, yeah, man, honestly, for me, <clears throat> Niners, Niners game was the best game of the week for me personally. But like as a fan of the game, Chiefs-Bills, man, you can't beat it. It's probably one of the greatest – things I've ever seen in my entire life in terms of football. Yeah, as, as a non-biased perspective, <laughs> like, to be honest, the, the Packers-Niners game, it, it was kind of boring. And, for, and that's the thing, dude. Fucking boring. And that's the thing. I, I've heard everybody's like, oh, it's not really exciting, this and that, the other. Like, if you were rooting for a team in that game, man, like, your anxiety was through the damn roof. Like, when Jimmy Ward blocked that field goal in the first half, right, you're, you're it's a one-possession game, okay? You threw a pick. Aaron Rodgers finds Aaron Jones downfield, a great, great play call, right? Finds him. Nobody's covering him. You got Jacarius Tart, whoever it was. I can't remember who it was. Come from across field to tackle Jones. And, and he shouldn't have been there, but he tackles him. You know, he saves he saves the points there. And then Jimmy Ward blocks, blocks the field goal. I mean, that for me, man, was like, we're going to win this game right here. I knew it. I knew right there we're going to win this game. That's how I felt. And then you go into the fourth quarter. You, you block the punt. You get the six points. See, like – Imagine if that was the Bears and the Packers, man. You know what I mean? Like, that's how I felt with it. So, and like, I, I can see how people thought it was boring, but man, it was, it was fucking, it was, it was, it was beautiful to me. Yeah, I completely get what you're saying, but like, from a non biased point of view, I got the, uh, the, the, <laughs> the possession. It says what happened on each possession here. First it's, one it's touchdown, right? First one. Yep. Listen to these next punt, fumble, punt, 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 interception, end of half. Second half, field goal, punt, punt, field goal, block, punt, punt, field goal. Like, dude, that was like the fucking most boring game. If you're just looking at it like oh that, oh my god, that if you if look at it like that, that, terrible. Let's 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 look at this too. If you could find the quarterback ratings for Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Garoppolo, not you want to you want to vomit all over the damn floor. Like, Jimmy Dude, G quarterback had, play was not good. All Jimmy around. G had a forty. I think Aaron Rodgers had like a fifty. I think if you want to go ahead and look at that, some I mean I don't know what the stat is on that, dude. Jimmy, Jimmy G's QB rating was eleven point nine. Oh jeez, oh god, a hundred is like terrible. Hundred is like good, good, yeah, right. You get eleven point nine. That is so what was Aaron Rodgers ninety percent below average. No, where was Rodgers at? Rodgers at a nineteen point four. Oh god, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy G, man. Like I know Jimmy G's not like the best thing in the world, but. Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's, MVP of the I think league, he's the man. greatest quarterback of all time. In terms of like, in terms of passer rating, he is. There's like no, I mean, Matthew he doesn't Stafford's, have a Super Bowls, but I think like yeah. 
talent wise, arm strength. Like, that's a conversation like you could literally have a whole debate about that, and with somebody who like who, who like you can find somebody who's like a really big advocate for Aaron Rodgers, and you could find somebody who would like argue against it, and you could have a really good conversation about it. Like that's the kind of that's that's for like the. The audience is there. You I could put like. like one of those hypotheticals with him. Like, if Aaron Rodgers was on the Patriots, he would have how many Super Bowls oh, would he have? Jeez, dude, you're 100 percent correct. Like, you know, well, that's the thing. This was his year to get it, man. Dude, it was. The Packers were really good. They had a good defense. They had a good mm-hmm. offense, and the weather killed them. Oh, and like going into the game, I can't remember what analyst it was that said this, but they said the only way the Packers will lose the game. Is if special teams loses it for him. And they lost it for him. And man. what ended up happening? Special teams ended up losing the game for him. And to be fair, too, man, I mean, a 19 pass rating isn't helping your cause at but all. But, dude, I'm looking at this. I don't understand why it was so low. He was 20 for 29 for 225 yards. That's, That's really, really good. Not that bad. That's really he good. He didn't throw for that. a touchdown. He didn't have an interception. So I don't know why it was so low. Because really, that's really not he all. Had, that bad. He had one pick. I thought he had one pick. No, no picks. What am I thinking about that? They had a fumble. Um, is that what it was? It was a fumble. You're right. It was a fumble. It was. It was no. It was. Uh, Fred Warner had a tackle on whoever whoever the receiver was who got it and, and hit his helmet or his knee or something and popped out. Um, and that's what happened there. But man, that uh, that sounds like a, that sounds a bit low for that for that kind of game. Um, we could do it could be with the, the fact they only had one touchdown. You know, it wasn't even a throwing touchdown. It was a rush right. by Dylan. So, I mean, uh, yeah, man. This was his year to do it. It didn't happen. It, and It really was his year to do it. And like before the season started, him and Devontae Adams, right? They both they both put on their Instagram stories the picture the picture of the last dance, right? Yeah. Like obviously heavily implying that this was his last dance in Green Bay. Yeah, right? he's, so he's probably gone. He's going out with the Super Bowl or nothing. So <laughs> and that could be another topic of discussion. Like, where does he go next? Does he host Jeopardy next year? Or does he <laughs> might go back to that, huh? Broncos. Steelers, Steelers I mean, have a lot of options. Open. I to be honestly, honest, I would look at the Steelers' job, man. Like you, you filled Ben Roethlisberger's shoes. Mike Tomlin's a freaking genius. He's always had a good team with even with mediocre talent. You know, I mean, yeah. Why not? You know, I know Jimmy G is going to be a target for them. I would think, right? Like a lot of people think the Steelers will go after Jimmy, but yeah, man. 49ers, Packers game. If you're not a fan of the, either team, you really didn't care much for it. Yeah. Chiefs Bills though, couldn't beat it, man. Chiefs Bills, that was it for me. Right? I think that was one of the greatest games I've ever watched. Unbelievable. Ever watched. Unbelievable. You, you, I was, you go like if you were to turn off the TV and then turn it back on, somebody would have scored points and it would have gone in a certain way. I think the Bills had a 97 point something odd percent chance of winning with the 13 seconds left. And Mahomes, you know, he drove downfield, dude. dude. In 13 seconds. <laughs> After Josh Allen, he threw that touchdown with 13 seconds left. Literally, like, even Tony Romo was saying tons of things, like how uh, Bills are going on. Like, I can't believe they came into Kansas yeah. City and beat them at home. Like, game's over, blah, blah, blah. And then Pat Mahomes. It literally took him five seconds. It's unbelievable. To get them from – it was a touchback 25-yard line all the way up until field goal uh, range to kick the game-winning field – or, no, kick the tying field goal to, to, to overtime, yeah. which, yeah, dude, man. is absolutely unheard of. But, dude, <laughs> like, what – what the hell was the Bills' defense? I don't understand that doing, part, man. Dude. I don't understand that part. How do first of all, how does Josh Allen get by a really, I mean, Chiefs defense that's good? How does he get by them so easily, like all game, 14-14 to the half? They scored more points in the last three minutes or four minutes or whatever than they did in the entire first half. Like, holy 
I mean, they scored more points in the last three minutes than the Niners and Packers did combined in the entire game they had. Right. So, obviously, you know, there's, like, the adrenaline and, like, you know, things are going one way in certain games, right, too. But there's a couple of things, though, at the end there. Like, the, the Bills' defense, they're starting the 25-yard line, right? Just dude, complete prevent defense. Just do not let a guy get behind you. Yeah. It's just that simple. Do not let a guy get behind you. Keep everything in front of you. And they're able to get behind the defense two times. Well, he was targeting Kelsey, right? Junkage, he was yes. starting Travis Kelsey, which is like, how are you going to leave that guy open? Right. How do you leave him open? That's my thing. Like, how is this guy the guy that beats you? Right. Every team's got a guy that you can't let be you. That was their guy. And then he beat him, man. He beat him. He got yeah. out. You know, and he got out of bounds right a couple times, and there it was. Well, and so the Chiefs, they had three timeouts. Is that what it was? They had three timeouts, okay. but I don't think they used any of them. Because I remember Kelsey got out of bounds on at least one of them. Right. They yeah. might have used one or something like that. So the Bills, like I see it from the Bills' point of view. There's 13 seconds left. Let's just kick it out of the end zone, put them in the 25-yard line for sure. Three-man deep. Fuck it, 13 yeah. seconds. Yeah. Just make them drive it, right? Yeah. But, dude. On the flip side, if you have 13 seconds left in the game, why why would they not like squib it, or You're right. or do like one of those little like um, like a pop up kick where yeah. it has to be caught and then time has to be taken off the clock? Yeah, you know. Yeah, you're right. Because when they kicked it through the end zone, like no time was erased. That would that would have taken like at least five six seconds. Right. Because right? you want to run it back when you get it. If they had done a squib kick or whatever, as soon as the ball is touched, the clock would have been going. Mm-hmm. So that would have been three, four, maybe five seconds that was taken off the clock. Yeah. You know, and if you let him run it right, a couple more, he's got to get down. Exactly, and who know? knows if if they go into panic mode, they start fucking doing the around, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. So, I think that was a huge mistake by the Bills to go for the oh, man, the right. touchback versus just squibbing it. Let, you know, take some time off the clock. So, listen, man, let's put this into perspective too. We did when we did the preview for the divisional rounds, the Bills had the best defense on passing, right? Guys yeah. passing. They're the number one defense in all football. Yeah. How the heck are they giving up these points like that, man? Right. That's my thing. Like, that scares me as a fan, man. As a fan of the Niners who could go to the Super Bowl, right? We're nothing near the top of the top of the charts by any means. The Bills were number one. Okay. The Patriots were number two. And, that, and that's just like and they played each other, and you know, obviously that went the way it did. But well, the thing with the the Chiefs, dude, it doesn't like whatever type of defense they play, it doesn't really matter. I, like it doesn't matter. It could, like the Bills, the best defense in the NFL, yeah, right? And 100%. you see early in the game, like even when things broke down, dude, Mahomes would just take off for a first down. Yeah, right. So even when everybody was covered out there and the pocket collapsed, he, he was the, off. He had like the side toss. He was just, throwing it from freaking yeah, yeah from way down, down like a little like a submariner, it. dude. Yeah, it was right. nice, man. And then you got guys on the team like Kelsey, and you've got um, Tyreek Tyreek Hill, who's probably the fastest. You know, right. sprinter in the damn league. And Hardman and Edward Solaire. Like, dude, they got playmakers all over the place. I will and say. match it with Andy Reid, the best offensive yeah. mind in the game. You know, like, they could play the number one defense. They put up 42 points against them. I will, I will say this. <clears throat> if Tyrone Mathay didn't get hurt, that might, that might have maybe made a little bit difference in the defensive side, too. They're good on defense, too, man. They're a great team, man. Very underestimated, very overlooked in terms of, like, what they can do. I mean, they started. They had a rough patch during the season, right, where the Packers, you know, remember what we were talking about, right? They had a couple games where they laid up some eggs. You know, they had some guys out or whatever. They started really slow. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, we kind of overlooked them. They're back-to-back. They went to back-to-back Super Bowls. One has gone to three AFC championships, now four in a row. Probably, we're talking, if he goes back and wins, we're talking about, you know, 
he's he's getting there to the conversation of like he may be the greatest of all time in terms of like getting there, right? Because Brady's number one, he's got like seven or eight, right? So yeah, this is gonna be if he gets back, which a lot of people think so according to the line, right? Against the Bengals, he's third Super Bowl in a row, right? Yeah, I mean, man, that's that's insane. Very true. It's only his what fifth, what sixth year in the league now. Yeah, I mean, three Super no, Bowls no, in the first was, six uh, years. Yeah, because he was the same draft class as Trubisky. That was twenty. 17. I believe so. so it was 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Yes, six years. years. Yeah. Only five full years, actually. So, I mean, man, what a, what a, what a, what a grade of the game, it seems, man. Damn. Yeah. And then um, we had that other one, the uh, Rams Bucks. Listen, man, I, and that one, too. Like, I think a lot of Niners fans wanted the Rams, which, like, we match up against them very well. We beat them almost. We've be been in the last seven times in a row, six, seven times in a row, whatever. I get it, but. No, they're going to come hungry, man. They're coming hungry. You know, Matthew Stafford, last few seconds of the game, was kind of similar to the Chiefs and Bills game. Beautiful toss downfield. I don't know who caught that ball. Is it Cooper Cup who caught it? I think it was Cooper uh, Cup. Yes, it was. Can't yeah. let Cooper Cup beat you, man. Yes, it so was. One, that's what I'm talking about. How is this man getting behind you? How is the best wide receiver in football getting behind you? Right. That's my thing. Like, yeah. that can't happen. And, yeah, my brother who lives in Tampa Bay, he was obviously rooting for the Bucs because he's a bad bandwagon <laughs> and all these. Yeah. But – you know, we were texting about it, and I that's exactly what I said when it happened. I was like, dude, how do you let this guy get behind you? Yeah. You know, that last play of the game or whatever – or not the last, the play right before the uh, the game-winning field goal. Dude, they called this play where they had, a, they had a quarterback blitz coming off the side. So that left the safety one-on-one with Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. What are you doing putting a safety one-on-one with the best wide receiver in the league? Yeah, can't and, happen, and On a play man. like that, you know. And, yeah, he gets behind mm-hmm. him. 50-yard, you know, reception, and then they're set up for a field goal to so, win the game. So. It's funny you said that about the blitz, too, guys, because we're going to head into, like, the championship game. So, in terms of blitzes, right, the Rams do really good against blitzes, okay? So, they played Arizona game one, right, who had the third most blitz percentages, like, in terms of percentages of when you when you blitz a quarterback, right? 33.7%, that's best. That's third best in the NFL. Tampa Bay was second. They blitzed the quarterback 35.6% of the time, okay? So, that just shows you right there. They had great games, and obviously, like you go into stats, anybody can just read stats, but like it shows you right there, the Rams can hold off a blitz. Mm-hmm. Now, this kind of makes more sense when you get into it a little bit, right? The Niners, they blitz nineteen point eight percent of the time, and they sack more than almost everybody in football. Well, that's the thing with the the, the Niners don't have to blitz. They have a great pass rush, right? And that was the Bears like hold. <laughs> that was the Bears' goal coming. Like we got Robert Quinn on one side, Khalil Mack on the other side. Yeah, we won't have to blitz. We can just rush four, and we'll still get to the quarterback. Hundred percent. But the Niners can actually do that because they got Eric Armstead, DJ Jones, Nick freaking Bosa, man. Like, and they they can they're gonna they're gonna give them hell, man. And that's the thing that that's what, that's going to be tough for the Rams. You can't stop that. They know they can't. So I'm just like, what are you going to do? Right. What is what is Sean McVay going to pull out? What's he going to pull out of the bag? He's a smart guy. Yeah, I'm sure he's got something hidden back there that he's been saving, and he's going to probably try to pull it out. Um, but yeah, man, I, I'm I'm looking for a couple picks out of Stafford this weekend again because I just feel like that's going to happen. He's under pressure, man. He's he's it's he can get kind of wild too. So yep. yeah. And before we get into um, this next week and coming up, what do you what do you think about Tom Brady? And this could either of you guys, we got thoughts on this. Mm. Tom Brady, do you think he's done? 
or you think he's coming back? Yeah, man, let's get you in, Chala. You're 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 a commenter. You read the news or whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> so what 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 about uh, what about uh, Tom Brady here? You know, he's he's older, right? He's 44, 45. But what do you think, man? Well, I mean, if he feels like he can still play, he's still playing. Simple as that. Yeah, I mean, UFC um, that's kind of like Danny Tashira Glover, right? Yeah, Glover Tashira is forty three. Yeah. Yeah, he's 43 years old. He's a champion, you know, the what, middle heavyweight or light, uh, light heavyweight? Yeah. There you go, light heavyweight. I so. mean, Tom, Tom is like the one of the greatest athletes of all time in terms of longevity and being. I mean, he made it, you know, to the playoffs again. So, I mean, yeah. if, if he's still competing well, there's no reason he shouldn't go again. That's the thing, dude. I feel like he's, I don't know, man. I honestly don't know. Like, what do you, what do you think? Like, I, I think he might, he might call it a career, but at the same time, he doesn't have to. Well, I agree. Like, I agree. Like, he has no reason to in terms of his ability, right? Like professional athletes always say like, you know, when it's time to hang it up, your body can't do it anymore. You're not playing at the level that you once were able to, but dude, Tom Brady's going to finish second in MVP voting at 44. It's insane. It's insane, dude. He's going to finish second in MVP voting. Told those focals. He does the MPA program, by the way. Oh, the if you, if you guys didn't know, he does a National Pitching Association program. That's an actual fact. Him and Drew Brees did it. Well, the dude, he, like, also doesn't <laughs> eat, like, doesn't he, like, only eat veggies and, like, fish or some shit like oh, that? Oh, dude, I, saw, I think like, he, he puts, like, $10 million eat, or whatever, something, yeah. a million dollars a year. He doesn't eat fruit because there's too much sugar in fruit. He doesn't eat, like, red meat. He doesn't yeah. eat any of that shit. I think like, it was him. He puts a million dollars a year into his diet. Yeah. I think it's what it was. Yeah. But, dude, my gut instinct, I, I think he's going to retire. I think so too, man. Because everything I think he that he's saying will... after the season, yeah. like my wife doesn't like me getting hit, like I gotta spend time with family and think about it. But but, dude, he's never said that before. Yeah, especially after getting eliminated from the playoffs, like he's just future Tom Brady. It's like, dude, rock, like I'm gonna be back next year. Like I'm gonna be back better next year than than I was this year. But that like the tone and the things he's saying makes it makes me believe that like this is it for him. Like. He's done with it. It's sad, man. It's yeah. sad to think about. I mean, you never really know. I think with retirement, I remember Chill Simon was talking about when he retired. What it came down to was, like, he still wanted to, but it like it was like a lack of effort. Like, his final yeah. fight was against Leota Machida, and he said, I'm losing in positions that I know I should be able to win in. I mean, considering Tom Brady made it to the playoffs, like, is it a question of, like, family, or is it a question of, like, does he even want to do it? Because that's really what it's going to come down to. Does he still want to win? Does he still want to be going? Yeah, dude, like – Playing in the NFL, like, that's a different beast. Like, you know, obviously Mario and I were huge baseball fans. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. the amount of work and preparation that has to go into playing football at that high of a level, like, dude, I can't even imagine. You got to know everything, what everybody's doing on your side of the just field. Just everything on your body, though. Yeah. Like, the mental preparation, oh, yeah, physical preparation. Yeah. And, yeah, at age, he's going to be 45. Like, dude, is it really worth it? Yeah. He's worth all the money in the world. You know, it's not for money. Oh, of course yeah. so. And I think that's part of the driving force for a lot of guys, too, man. I think I, like, if I didn't need the money and I was, like, Seven rings or whatever, you know. Screw well, it, man. I think Brady wants to sort of leave a legacy that's going to be hard to tie or come to. You know, he I, just, he I don't think set yeah. the bar really high. I don't think anybody's ever going to do what Brady's done, man. Mahomes, Mahomes, Mahomes might. Is on track. Let's just exactly. Put, Mahomes is the only guy, but Mahomes is he started, you know, young. He was highly touted coming out of college. Brady wasn't. Right. Brady fell nine rounds or whatever it was. Right. That's the thing with Brady. Yeah. Brady was kind of like a, a, a lightning in a bottle that never ran out. You know, so. Yeah, man. Well, um, I feel like, um, you know, one of the reasons George St. Pierre didn't retire earlier is because he wanted to set a crazy bar with, like, 14 titles. Which he did, man. Yeah, he but did. the thing is, people are already coming up to it. <laughs> like, it's one of those things. Well, that's like, the thing, too, man. As we get older and stuff, yeah, like, things, things change, man. Totally. Things change. You know, you'll never be Dude, there. I, I heard this, you know, Rodney Harrison, the ex, uh, he played with the Patriots. 
think for a couple of their Super Bowls, and now he's a uh, analyst on NBC okay. Sunday Night Football. Yeah, he was telling a story about Tom Brady his rookie year. It was in the off season, right after they had drafted him. And he was like, every every day I would get to the weight room at 6 a.m. Like I was the first dude in the weight room all the time. After Tom Brady was drafted, I, I went into the weight room the first day. And he was like, there was some dude in there. I didn't know who it was at 6 a.m. Already working out. Yeah. Turns out it was Tom Brady. So Ronnie Harrison was like, no, dude, like I'm the hardest worker. Like I'm the leader of this team. I'm going to get there at 530 the next day to beat him there. Yeah. He said Tom Brady was already in the weight room working out at 5:30, so he was like, "All right, like, like I'm gonna get there at 5 a.m. tomorrow to beat this guy. Like I'm I'm the team captain here." He said that when he walked in the weight room at 5 a.m. that day, Brady was he was finishing his workout at 5 a.m. So Brady knew like this dude's trying to beat me. This dude's trying to beat me. Like I need to beat this guy, dude. Tom, he's rookie year. He was doing shit like that. Yeah, man. So it's awesome. I mean, he's just a beast, man. He's a beast. So like, if he does retire, I mean, that'll be a It'll be a huge loss to the NFL. It's sad, man. It's sad. It means you're getting older, you know. I remember Brady winning back in like you know back in the early 2000 days, right? Like, damn, man. Like, yeah, now, he was a six round draft pick, right, out of Michigan. Yeah, he was supposed to be really. He was supposed backup. to be a nobody. Yeah, you know, he was supposed to be a backup. Yeah, Joe he, Montana the same way, third round draft pick. You know, was, yeah, you know, turned out to be right now the greatest of all time in yeah. terms of you know Super Bowls, things like that. Yeah, dude. I mean, it'll be sad if he goes, but. Yeah, your dad won't even forget about Joey Montana. He'll never forget about Joey Montana. Yeah, even my, even my, my dad won't either. You know? Yeah, I know, dude. That's the thing, man. That's, that's why like every, those are the two greats at the sport now. I think Brady passed him in terms of, you know, legacy. But Montana never lost his Super Bowl, you know. So, like, the fact that Brady and Montana, those kinds of guys, I mean, you know, that'll probably be something that never gets past the whole, like, never losing in a Super Bowl. And, like, the fact that he went five times, you know, three times, never lost once or whatever it was. Uh, Brady, man, he's, he's in a different – Different like stature, you know. But, yep, Brady and Belichick, man. Nevertheless, man, how about we get into next week, dude? We got uh, we got eight minutes here in the first half. Um, Bengals Chiefs line. We got it's uh, the line. The uh, the spread is seven right now. Uh, the over under is fifty four and a half, and the Bengals are plus two sixty. What do we think? Is that a little disrespectful for the Bengals? What do you think? No, I don't think it's disrespectful. <laughs> I think it's- I think it's going to be pretty accurate, actually. Oh, um, if if any of you guys listen to our previous podcast, the previous two with with uh, our guest Ben on, I won't be able to give a crazy in depth analysis like he was able to and not, rattle off. I don't think any of us would, to be fair. All these players, but like I love Joe Burrow, everything that he's done this year, everything he's done in the playoffs. I think that he's going to have a a great NFL career. But dude, the Chiefs, I mean, they put up forty two points against the Bills, right? Like they got playmakers all over the field, their defense. I think their defense will be able to hold the the Bengals, and I just don't think the Bengals will be able to score and keep up with the Chiefs. I think that's exactly so what's going to happen. I could dude. easily see them covering that spread minus seven. I, I I don't think the Bengals will score that much. I know that's kind of sad to say, but dude, bro, what did he get sacked nine? Was it six times or whatever against the Titans? If you're if you're gonna do that against the Chiefs, man, like you're not gonna get it done. Right. The Chiefs are good. At, they're good on defense. We're like, and that's the thing, like. Their offense is great, but their defense is good too. There's a reason why they're there. You can't just have one without the other. Like that's just not how it works. Um, and yeah. that's the Chiefs are good, man. They're a good all-around football team. They're 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 going. They're potentially going back to another Super Bowl. I mean, they're a really good team. And I don't think Burrow with his he's a little inexperienced, right? He won he won a college championship. That's great. He's got Jamar Chase, his boy, right? That's good too. But I just the 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 line that he has, man. They, I don't think it's going to hold up properly against this Chiefs defense, man. I don't know. Yeah, I mean for the 
really, I think for the Bengals to have any shot in the game, like they're going to have to find a way to keep the Chiefs offense just off the field. Yeah. Whether that's running the ball so they have, you know, time of possession. They have to win the time of possession battle by a lot. So whether they're running the ball, even even if they're not scoring, if they can find ways to have long drives, long possessions, yeah. and they have to create a turnover. There's got to be fumble something. They have to 100%. create a turnover, and they have to find ways to keep the Chiefs offense off the field for them to have any shot. I win think. the turnover battle. It's biggest cliche in football. Turn, well, it, it yeah, in time of possession, they have yeah. to. They have to win the time of possession. I think to have any 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 chance in this game. <clears throat> yeah, man, Mahomes. I mean, the thing is too, like being the Chiefs after that game, man. Yikes! They probably have so much momentum right now, man. Oh yeah. At Arrowhead. Yeah. At Arrowhead. Yep. It's gonna be tough, man. It's gonna be tough, and like plus two sixty, not disrespectful at all. That's that's yeah. I mean, I would probably, I'd probably even take those odds for the Bengals, just something small, right? Just sprinkle a little bit on it. But yeah, on the other side, we got a closer game. Uh, we got the Niners and Rams. It's three and a half right now. It's a, it's a pick 'em right now. Uh, Niners at plus one fifty, Rams at minus one seventy for football. That's really nothing. Um, what do we think, man? What are we thinking, right? Because I got my thoughts. No, well, I know. I got I my know thoughts, what you're man. Say. I got I... my thoughts. It's hard, man. Dude, I don't know. It Listen, gonna... man, it, I, I'm not going to blame anybody for either way they go. All right, let, let me just let me say what I got to say really quick here, okay? I know the Niners have beat them six times in a row. I know the Rams are good. I know the Rams crushed the Cardinals. I know they gave up a big lead against the Bucks, but before were dominant the entire game. And they got the names. They got the star power. They got OBJ. They got Cooper Cup. They got Vaughn Miller. They got Aaron Donald. They got Matthew Stafford. Okay, that is they got they got the talent, man. But when it comes to my Niners, my friend, we are not going to lose this game. I we I feel it, man, and I, I know it's a hot take or whatever. All right, like I mentioned with the pass rushes and the blitzes, right? The Niners don't need the blitz. That's gonna that that creates problems in, in the backfield for Matthew Stafford. That's gonna make him get a little crazy, you know. And and with Bosa and Armstead at the corners, Armstead's playing amazing football right now. Gonna limit the time he has to, to think about a throw. Um, he threw two interceptions last time. I mean, I, I, I could see it happen again. Avery Thomas coming back. Uh, Trent Williams on the line. He might be hurt. Hoping he comes back. I What's think he got an ankle? He's got an ankle issue, but uh, Shanahan seems optimistic. Trent Williams said he's going to play. Obviously not his call. But, I mean, he seems confident. And um, Going into this, too, let's, let's talk about this really quick, okay? The whole Jimmy G stuff about he's not that good and all this and that in the third. I, I'm tired of hearing it, man, all right? This year, against the Rams, he's 2-0, obviously. He's got a 75% completion rate. He's passed for 249 yards per game. He has two touchdowns, opposed to two interceptions. Uh, he has a pass rating of 108.1. So we talk about pass ratings here. He's due for a big game. He had a stretch in November and October that was great. He had a pass rating of about 120 within that stretch. Okay, Matthew Stafford, 64% pass rating, right? 240 yards per game. He's got four touchdowns and four interceptions. This is against each other. He's got a pass rating of 78.6. When it comes to the Niners, Stafford does not get it done. For whatever it is, it could be the pass rush. It could be the, you know, the atmosphere. Niners fans are going to flood uh, SoFi Stadium. They do it all the time. They're going to do it again. You can see it. They're predicting way more Niners fans than they were at the end of the year. So take home field advantage. Throw it out the door. It doesn't matter. It's going to be probably an even 50-50 split. So I'm feeling good about the Niners this week, and I know it's tough to beat somebody three times a year, in a, um, three times in a year, not 
the Toledo loan seven times in a row. So let's see, man. Let's see. I I, I think the Niners are going to win. That's where my money is. Are you are you shocked? Did you pick the Niners? <laughs> no, I'm not surprised at all. I'm not surprised at all. I just I, I'm nervous. Obviously, like if they lose it, it, like I wouldn't be, you know, shocked by any means. But I really am hoping they win this game. So we got yeah, two minutes. So we got I, two minutes here in the first half. So give it give it what you got. If you're yeah, I mean, if you're just talking about point spreads, right? So they're Rams are minus three and a half point favorites, right? Now let's say in the NFL, home field advantage is usually worth three points. Yep. So take that out of the out of the equation. It's basically they're, they're, the books are basically calling it even, right? You say that the the Niners have beat the Rams six times in a row. Yep. Under all, right, all streaks are made to be broken, dude. Like, listen, you, yeah, it's honestly a bad thing for the. That's a bad thing, right? It, to me, that's a bad thing to beat them seven times in a row. And that that's is the worry that of. that's the worry I have. Now, hear this, right? And I believe the stat was. It's, I'm just gonna like. I was in. I saw it earlier in passing. Um, I believe it was since like '80 or '70 or whatever. There have been three times. Or there have been 11 times that a team that had beaten the team twice in the year played them in the playoffs and played them the third time. 12 of the times that's happened, they've beaten them, right? So I don't know how many times in totality there have been that occasion, right? Like the Bears and Packers, for example, they played each other twice. They played each other in the last, you know, in the NFC Championship. Right. Seahawks and Niners a couple of years ago. Luke the Steelers and the Ravens had a game where they a year where they did that. So in, in terms of chance, it's more likely for the team to beat them three times in a row. So like. I don't know, man. It's there's so many things going into it. We got a minute here in the first half. Ryan, give me your prediction really quick, man. I mean, yeah, I think the Rams are gonna win. Okay. I think the Rams are gonna win. It's seven times in a row is just it's it's one too many, man. Seven times in a row, too many at at home. I know we talked about at home, right? You said it's gonna be a home game for the Niners, but I, I don't know. Rams got playmakers all over the place, like Von Miller, Aaron Donald. They were just causing havoc last week for Tom were, Brady. Man. I expect they them to were. do the same thing. And dude, in Green Bay, like. Dude, Jimmy G should have thrown three pick sixes that game. He was he was, he was about three inches away. <laughs> literally, a game of inches. Last week, literally, he could have thrown three pick sixes. So I got Rams next week. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right, so just to finish off the Rams, uh, Niners stocks. Ryan's going with the Rams. But like even there on the break, we're still like, this is a toss-up, man. Like, honestly – you know, obviously, I have the fan of me talking, like, just as anybody would. If it was the Bears, you'd be saying, I'm going with the Bears. Like, obviously, you're not going to go against your boys. This game, man, it, it's worrisome for, for – I, I think a lot of Niners fans are really cocky about it because we have the – Oh, have you the, got every right to be, honestly. We have like, the Rams number. We play them really well. We shut Aaron Donald down because, I mean, when you play somebody, you know him better. I feel like the superstars, when it comes to these kind of games, they don't shine as much. I think it's the guys who are kind of, like, under the radar, which um, – is why is Kyle Shanahan so good because he can use everybody on the field, you know. Next thing you know, Juice Check's catching a fifty-yard pass. Right, he's a fullback yep. for your team, you know. So exactly. that's that's I think that's why Shanahan kind of shines in the battle with McVay a little bit. But I wouldn't be surprised to see some of these guys come out. I mean, you're not going to stop Cooper Cup. You already know it. You can't stop that guy. He'll he'll get his. He's going to get his hundred yards, you know, receiving and um, you know, we we'll see. Yeah. So just. To kind of recap, if I'm putting money on this game, I'm taking the Rams. Yeah. Okay. But as like a whole organization, I do not want the Rams in the Super Bowl. I don't like <laughs> I don't like Sean McVay. I don't like I don't really like the Rams. It's his haircut, man. It's his it's haircut. Just everything about the guy, to be honest. I just don't really like him. 
uh, I would much rather like to see the 49ers in the Super Bowl. I like like they're gritty, they're they're tough. Oh you know? god, they, dude! You know they what? They had a rough like all all season. They kind of had a rough season, but they really figured out come playoff time. If the Niners win, I cannot wait to go on Twitter or any social media and wait to see the. This was rigged. They just want the Niners out for the ratings. Blah blah. Well, like honestly, those people might have a like those conspiracy theories out there might have a decent argument because the Niners and the Packers game was the most viewed Saturday game on Fox in like you know forever apparently um and then the cowboys Niners game had like almost 15 million viewers so i mean they get the ratings man they do um so we'll see man we'll see i'll i'll, I'll be excited to read a lot of those tweets though because the rams don't really have much of a big following but we'll see man we will see i think i'm going my parlay sunday will be chiefs i'll take the i'll take the chiefs and the points i'm taking niners that's what I'm going Chiefs with. and Niners. Yeah, Chiefs and the points. I'm going. I'm going. Uh, going minus seven with the Chiefs. I think it's going to be a blowout. So. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I will go Chiefs minus seven, and then I think I would take the. I think I'd take the over in the Niners Rams. I think that's fair to say. I think that's, over forty six. Yeah. Well, they scored forty eight last time. Yeah. No, they scored. Uh, they scored fifty one last time. I forgot about the overtime field goal. So. Yeah, you know, as a casual fan, I'm looking at those Bengals, man. I feel like I remember there's this dude named like Clemlo Raps was on a YouTube who was a big Bengals fan, and like three months ago he made a video just like roasting the Bengals, and nine his two like it's just like I don't know. Listen, man, kind of moment. The Bengals lost to the Bears, man. So you know, if you lose <laughs> to the Bears, what makes you think you're gonna beat dead. the Chiefs? <laughs> All I'm saying is, this is pretty like unexpected that they make it this far. So I wouldn't cut them out. Hey, really quick, let's talk really quick about the Bears, right? New new GM Ryan Poles. <laughs> What do we think, yeah, yeah. man? Just like a, a minute, just a minute, you know, you don't really know much about the guy. Are you excited? Are you happy? Are you sad? What, what's going on? No, I've never heard of the guy before. <laughs> before, uh, before yesterday, I never heard of him. But everything that's coming out of there, he was the Chiefs. Like, basically, he was the top scouting guy in the Chiefs organization. Good. Bring him over. Dude, if you look at everybody <laughs> they've drafted, obviously, this guy's done a hell of a job. Dude, like, he knows over. what he's doing. Bring if you look at over. all their draft picks, everybody he's brought in, Dude. he knows how to evaluate talent. And, the Bears, they actually did something right for once. They actually they decided to hire the GM first before the coach, and now the GM can actually handpick the coach. Sean Payton, come on over, my friend. Uh, I would, yes, yes <laughs> I completely agree with that. So, don't know much about the guy, but you from guys what get, I read and stuff, it seems like a really good hire. You guys get Sean Payton, man. Dude, would, if we get Sean Payton, that'd be a game changer because I think he's the best coach in the NFL. He's a genius. Yes, absolutely. Like genius. he has, a, I mean, he's had Drew Brees, right? So obviously he's had one of the greatest quarterbacks. But the way that, like, even this this season, he had like horrid quarterbacks, dude. Trevor Simeon. And he, went, uh, he almost went to the playoffs. He almost went to the playoffs. The Niners would have lost. He's really good at just like figuring things out. Yeah. That, which Matt Nagy could never do. Matt Nagy could never adapt. He could never adapt game plans to meet certain guys' talent, uh, their talent level. It'll be right? funny. It'll be funny. Man, Aggie goes to the Saints. Sean Payton goes to the Bears. Man, Aggie goes to the Saints. That'd be funny. I, I think that'd be hilarious. Swap. That'd be funny. It would. It would be because I think uh, a lot. I, I was reading some comments earlier, like Saints fans are like, "Oh, bring bring Matt Nagy over. He did it with the bad quarterback and this and that in the third. And it was getting love." And I was like, "Is this what? like? A, is this a joke?" And I go into it, and it wasn't a joke. They were like, "Trubisky was terrible. He had Justin Fields. He had terrible this, terrible that for offense. It wasn't his fault." So I'm like. Maybe some people actually think Nagy can do a good job, but that's a different conversation for a different day. I know Ryan's really disgusted oh, by that yeah. remark. So Dude, I was gonna say, if any, <laughs> if any, if any GM in the NFL hires Matt Nagy to be their head coach, they should be immediately fired. Hey, you know, as I, I know. Um... That's the stuff with the Bears that really been grinding your gears, man. It has been. Dude. It's been a rough couple of weeks. 
Dude, a couple, couple years. years. Yeah. Yeah. Couple couple years. Ever since the double doink, man. Ever since the double ever doink. Ever since the double doink. 12 yeah. and 4, you had a lot of aspirations, and boom. That team I can was talk good, about man. that, but that team was good. It man. was good, but not thanks to Matt Nagy. <laughs> Matt Nagy. It was not thanks well, to him. They giving up like 20, 19 points a game. Dude, or whatever their, it was. their defense was the best in the NFL that yeah. year. Yeah, I mean, dude, and just really quick, like people that say that Trubisky sucks, blah 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 blah. Dude, that playoff game, he played. Trubisky played well, and dude, he's the one that drove them, just making unreal passes. Mm. That that playoff game to get. Uh, Cody Parkey in the field goal range. Like, dude, he was throwing dimes. He got iced, man. I can't believe it. I, can't, I he forget that iced. he got iced. Yeah, he made the first <laughs> one, dude. He made the first it one. It works, man. Yeah. It works. Works if you're oh, weak minded. <laughs> Cody Parkey's whatever he's doing. Hopefully he's all right, man. Cheesy football. Hopefully, praying for that guy today, man. And then people like Ryan will probably punch him in the nuts if they see him. Yeah. But nevertheless, man. Going to be an interesting weekend of football. Hopefully, we come back next week with the Niners and the Super Bowl because. We don't want to see the Rams there, even though Ryan picked them. Uh, <laughs> all right, man. Like uh, that. With that being said, we also had UFC this past weekend. So as we turn over, uh, we'll move the mic a little bit this way here. Let's go. We got the we got we got Mr. <laughs> Gonzalo here. Here we go. Um, so we'll man, how about uh, how about we talk about uh, how about we talk about what happened this weekend, man? How about it? Um, you know, there's a lot to talk about. How about we jump into? Let's just jump into the big stuff first here. Uh, we had championship fight, right? You know, um, there, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff. I briefly want to talk about um, Saeed Nurmagomedov. He's not related to Habib, but he fought on the card. He fought a dude named Credit. I think it's Cody Stanman. And Who I, was it? Dude, he knocked him out, right? He, no, he choked him he out. He choked him out, right? And I was, we, we were going to do a podcast for bets, and um, you know, there was a scheduling issue or whatever. Yeah. But I was going to say, hey, man, you should bet on this guy, Saeed, man. <laughs> because <laughs> this guy... The, the whole Russia, the Russia has been exploding with him, and he's straight out of Dagestan, which is this crazy mountain. Talk about his bullet, dude. His bullet's going to explode now. <laughs> well, there's a lot of dudes out of Dagestan. Habib, Islam, a lot of guys. And now we have this guy, Saeed, who's just tearing it up. Now, what's crazy is um, he's actually a pure striker. Most of the guys who come out of there are all grapplers, but he's a, he's never shot a tech down in MMA his entire career. Mm. And um, But everyone says, oh, he's got crazy ground game. And um, we just never get to see it. His last fight, he only was he only fought once last year, but he knocked the guy out in fifty seconds, which is crazy for Bantamweight. He knocked the guy out in fifty seconds in Bantamweight. Damn, yeah. which is crazy because like I think if you know if you, if you guys watch the MMA podcast, I tell you Bantamweight's my favorite weight division, but you can't expect knockouts because they don't have the same punching power. Yeah. So this guy's dangerous. Um. So I was, I was, I was kind of hope rooting for Stanman because he's a, he's an interesting fighter, but the matchup was bad. For that him. was the first fight of the main card, right? That was the second fight. Second of the main fight. Card. Right. Um. I also was gonna. Talk about this Michelle Pierre fight. It was honestly a good good night for betting because that was an easy pick. Um, <laughs> Michelle was fighting a guy who was debuting. Admittedly, he gave Michelle a much harder fight than I thought he was going to. Oh, I remember this one. Yeah. You pointed this guy out. Yeah. Um, Michelle was a tough guy. Honestly, the welterweight division is only getting more and more competitive. Um, guys are going down like Kevin Holland and possibly Kelvin Gastelum from middleweight. So they're going from 185 to 170. And then we have you said welterweight. Yeah, welterweight. Welterweight's Kamaru's weight. Right? Yeah, welterweight yeah, is slowly geez. becoming the most competitive division. Yeah, in the you got the best pound for pound fighter, right? Yeah. So Michelle, for sure. Michelle's a tough guy. He's probably the only capoeira fighter in the UFC. He's more of a kickboxer, but he brings a lot of elements from capoeira. There have been guys like Connor who have brought in that like Brazilian dance fighting style in, but they usually just bring in. There are certain MMA or like martial arts that aren't competitive, like taekwondo and capoeira, yeah. but people they like. 
it's almost like a like a trick you hold up your sleeve. Like um, learning spin kicks from Taekwondo that aren't like they're low percentage, but if you know how to do it, you know, if you just have that little thing, and that's much Michelle. I don't think he's going to do that well uh, as he goes higher in the ranks. But he's he's been getting he's been getting matchups that are good for him. Yeah. They haven't given him a wrestler, so I say if you want to make money, easy money, bet on Michelle Pereira until he fights a wrestler. There you go, man. There's your there's your <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, yeah, th- those were two fights that I would have had in the bag for sure. That for the open, if it was a debuting, not a debuting fighter, but some dude from Ecuador, and I would have got that fight wrong. Yeah. Um, because I was betting on Trevin Giles to win. You had a, you had a decent night, I think. Um, let, let's talk about it really quick. Do you want to talk about? The Moreno fight. Dude. Yeah. What the hell we'll happened, dude? What the that hell happened? That was an incredible fight. Why um, did Moreno not win? That's my question. Man. That's yeah, some thing. people think Moreno won, but it really, what it really came down to was the third round and the fifth round. Moreno got knocked down brutally yeah. in the third, and that easily could have been a 10-8. Um, from what I understand, the judges didn't do a 10-8, but it really could have been. And then in the fifth round, he, he so he just sold key moments. Um, I was talking to my boy Andrew, and I didn't notice this, but he's saying that Figueroa won the first round. So basically, it was three to two in favor of Figgy. Um, this could easily turn into like a Pacquiao situation where they fight another time, which would be the first time in the UFC that guys fight four times. Yeah. Um, well, who won? Moreno won the last one, obviously. Moreno won the last one. The first time they fought, it was a draw. Damn. So they won one one. <laughs> yeah. So they're both even now. Yeah, know. they're super even. Yeah, um, dude. I want to. That was a good fight, man. Here's that the was... thing. Uh, Chill Sun was talking about it on his YouTube channel today, and I didn't think about it, but um, this is time for flyweights to step up and say, "Hey, you know, these guys don't need to fight a fourth time." Um, I really think Kaikar of France should have got the title oh, fight. Dude, that's my boy right he's there, been man. Booked, he's been booked to fight a guy named Askar Askarov, an yeah, undefeated Russian. <laughs> dude, Kaikar of France isn't any joke, man. I, I like a lot of people overlook the dude. He looks like a he looks like he's like twelve years old, but you dude, know, dude um, can pack a punch, but he can knock that Cody Garbrandt. Man. Yeah, I'll tell you, um he the problem is he has lost to Brandon Marino in the past. Yeah. So that's one issue that's gonna have him getting a title fight. Well he's lost to one of the more contenders, so it doesn't make any sense. Um but yeah, it's interesting. We're probably gonna see Figgy Moreno for a fourth time, unless uh, Kai. There's something, you know, something might happen. But it's Kai like the he's kind of like the he's the front runner right yeah. now. Front whoever wins between Kai Car France and Escar Askarov is the only person who has legitimate. Askarov guy's pretty good then, huh? Askarov's very good. His last fight is that gonna happen in March? You think? Yeah, it's gonna happen soon. He brutalized uh, Joseph Benavides in his last fight. Actually, put him into retirement. Uh, which was sad for a lot of hardcore MMA fans, but I mean, Joseph was thirty-eight, so it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but it was it was interesting. It was a fun fight to watch. Uh, you know, if you're a hardcore MMA fan, you know, flyweight division is an exciting division, and I, I didn't know who was gonna win. Um, in hindsight, it was probably um, more safe to bet Figgy because he was just turned to win. Kind of, I mean, that's not thing, not man. really. That's, like, that's how I like think um, about it, man. It was one of those things where Figgy had started working with um, Henry Cejudo. And you said this guy's name before, man. Yeah, Henry, yeah. The, the messenger himself. Yeah, former, dude. Apparently, um, when I train with this guy, you win for whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were talking about Wei Li training with Henry. Oh, is that who we talked yeah. about? Yeah. So and, she lost. And so. but 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 she took it to a split decision, and that wouldn't happen without Henry. Yeah. Um, and he's gonna be bringing in some serious problems, and clearly he helped Figgy win this fight. I think um another thing was, you know, Figgy came out. I, I rewatched their fight, the second fight they had, and Figgy came out really flat. In their, in their second fight. Like, he came out. And he said it was a bad weight cut. And he always uses it as an excuse. But I think it was legitimately true. Because he came out really slow and sluggish. I think he did a good job making the weight this time. And that really made a big difference. Mm. Um, going into Nganu and Gan. Which, like, kind of let me. I'm not going to lie. It kind of let me down a little bit. I was hoping for a knockout. Yeah, but yeah. 
It was there was still some moments, dude. You, you know, if I had I um this is this was the fight I would have gotten the most wrong because I was gonna come out here and say you either bet in Gano to knock him up before the second. If it goes past the second, then Gano's gonna lose. And he he went the full way, I man. Was super wrong. He I went the full wrong. distance. If you had bet in Gano to win by decision, if you had bet like ten bucks, you would have made like a hundred dollars. Yeah, I know, man. That was nuts. Uh, yeah, so that was super. It was crazy to see him wrestle. Apparently, he had torn his MCL and ACL. And he was fighting. So yeah, he won. and he chose to fight with a torn ACL. And he won, man. That's the freaking part yeah. that gets me, man. Yeah, with the grappling. And and I think it showed a huge hole. The thing is, man, Gan is a, probably the best striker in the UFC. Even after that fight, you know, he still proved that, you know. He Dude, proved- like, from, like, you know you know more about Gan than I did. Yeah. When I first saw the first minute of the fight, I was like, who the hell, like, how did this person, like, how is this person, like, a person like this exist? Yeah. Because he was giant. Yeah. He was fast. He was, like, he would, he, he was, it was like, uh, I don't know, man. He, yeah. was, he was like a giant, like, there are panther many, or there something, are, There dude. are many humans who are going to be able to um, compete with dude, in terms of strength. Francis was a big guy, too, man. Yeah. Francis is a huge guy. But he was damn near as tall as him. And he, like, it, like, I think he's a little bit bigger than Gunn. Yeah, man, Figgy is. I mean, freaking out Ngano. Yeah, Ngano cuts them at two sixty five, yeah. I believe. But um, to give context to Gan, he was a former Muay Thai kickboxing champion, and he was ten and zero going into that fight. The thing with the Gan, though, I think I think he was more of a UFC product because he hadn't been fed any grapplers mm. on his way up. He went in and he um, he got uh, Junior Dos Santos, and then he got uh, Jardino Rosenstrike. And then he got Alexander Volkov, and then he got Derek Lewis, all strikers. Did he but, beat Derek Lewis, right? Yeah, he brutalized Derek Lewis. Wasn't yeah. close. He's fighting in the next card. So yeah. I'm excited to see him. Um, and I, I just wanted to, to, to point out that he didn't get Curtis Blades. He didn't get any grappler. I think he matches up really bad against Stipe because any, any, I think Stipe, Miocic, and Curtis Blades brutalized. That's the Sarah thing, Brown. dude. A lot of people forget about Stipe, man. He yeah. was the last world heavyweight champion. He's one of the best in the world. Still. He uh, he holds the record for the most consecutive title defenses. Yeah, man. That, uh, it's tough to do in heavyweight. Man. Yeah, it's tough, tough to do in heavyweight. And he, he's a very good fighter. I think I think he beats the shit out of Cyril Gon, frankly. Uh, <laughs> that, I mean, that's I, a controversial I, statement. I, I respect Cyril Gon, but I think um, he th- there was a big narrative going to this fight about uh, issues with Ngannou contract t- to make a professional wrestling. Um, it was kind of like CM Punk versus Vince McMahon. Remember that story from my yeah, yeah, it's the exact same thing because Francis he was due for a new contract and he didn't sign. Okay, so he's basically holding the title hostage right now due to contract disputes. Wait, right now, is right now, he's right holding now. the title hostage. Wow. Um, so that's why that's why <laughs> Dana White didn't um give the wrap the belt on him. That's why because he's very. I noticed that man. Yeah, he's yeah. Really, they have a lot of issues going on right now. Francis wants a better contract, and it's a big deal because this is the first time the UFC doesn't have an advantage over someone. And, you know, I mean, there's always issues of fighter pay and things like that. I remember one of our cousins came through, and he didn't know anything about MMA besides the fact that fighters are underpaid. Yeah. And that's something that's, – it's, it's, it's a big issue with, within the, the – Well, it's the whole Logan Paul stuff, too, right? Like, he's like, oh, I'm going to buy some stock. Yeah, Jake. I was like, Jake get out of here. Um, get out of here. It's a big narrative. And, it is. And that, 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 was, that was honestly the bigger storyline going to that fight. Yeah, pay up, Dana, right? Pay I mean, up. it's a debate. I, I um, how much do they make? Like, just give let's give give me some context here. A debuting fighter probably makes like fifteen thousand dollars. A debuting fighter a makes debuting. fifteen thousand. And then how much did Francis Ngannou make out? He made uh six hundred thousand dollars. Okay, so the world heavyweight champion of UFC fighting on the main event of a really big card open the year makes six hundred thousand dollars. That's a little low, I think. How I mean, much did Gan? Gan made like probably half that. Yeah, half that. Okay. But then you look at guys like Usman and Masvidal. Usman made like a million. 
in his last fight. Yeah. I think um, they should probably get paid a lot more. That's a whole long conversation I could get into about, like, how the UFC doesn't really resemble, like, a traditional fight organization. It's, it looks a lot more like WWE. It's more of a franchise. They have all these institutes. Yeah. So a lot of the money goes back into the company rather than yeah. back into the fighters. And the, and the fighters are independent contractors. They don't unionize, dude. I don't think they don't unionize. Um, them, dude. You know, um, that's it's, it's a conversation. I think with unions, it's not a bad idea. I remember things like NASCAR where they were getting like murdered on the track. They, those guys need a union. <laughs> but um, with the UFC, I think people fail not to get like political or whatever, but the union isn't necessarily always for the people. It's sometimes it's for the union. And that's something that I just want to say really quick. The first ever NASCAR reference was actually from UFC Guru here. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. The, the tire wars, man. The tire wars. <laughs> the tire wars. Oh, man. Anyways, there's a few other things I want to talk about. I wanted to recap 269 because my bets were decent, but I, I, I miscalculated a few things. First of all, I really overestimated uh, the punching power of Jeff Neal. I predicted Jeff Neal would win. Before the fight was over via knockout, he uh, grinded out a, a lackluster split decision. So, I mean, I was right, but I was wrong. Um, also, I want to say I was really surprised with Dominic Cruz. I picked Dominic We Cruz. picked him, right? I picked him to win that fight. But, man, did he – going into the fight, I kind of felt like Dominic was on the decline. You know, he had only fought ten times in the UFC – no, eight times in the UFC in ten years due to all the injuries he's had. But um, – he showed up against Pedro. He 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 conquered early adversity, and we I saw some of the old. It was a really exciting fight, and I think it's really interesting because bantamweight. You guys know if you guys listen to the MMA podcast often enough with me, bantamweight's the third division in the UFC. Yeah, and um, you know I feel like that opened up a lot of interesting fights because now everyone wants, everyone wants to see Jose Aldo versus Dominic. It would be number seven versus number three. Yeah. Um, and it's an interesting fight because they were both in the WEC when it still existed. Although still kicking around. Huh? I mean, although in his life, we talked about it earlier or like a few weeks back where Aldo dominated Rob Font, which was shocking to me because I thought Rob Font was going to win that fight. Mm. And and instead, Rob Font got out grappled, out struck. He, he got beaten every single position. So I think what they're going to do is Dominic Cruz versus um, Rob Font. That's probably what they're going to book, which is an interesting fight. I want, I don't, the thing is, I still don't know if Dominic. I view Dominic as an underdog against every top-tier Bantamweight still, even though he's only lost three times in the video. Dominic Cruz has only lost to Cody Garbrandt, Henry Cejudo, and Uriah Faber when he was like 21. And Garbrandt's not even in the division anymore. Yeah, Gar- Garbrandt is is unranked now. He's he's, he's He wants to get a fight against Omali. Um, oh, God. Yeah, we'll see how that looks. <laughs> uh, Henry Cejudo's retired. He was trying to get a fight against Alexander Volkanovsky, which won't happen. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... You know, Dominic, you know, we'll see. We'll see with Dominic Cruz. I believe the only other fight I got wrong was the title fight. Was that uh, the night where Usman? No, that was uh, Poirier Oliveira and yeah, Nune- got... Nunez and Pena. Right? <clears throat> so we got Pena. Oh, I want to I wanna issue. The whole Pena I wanna, thing. I want to like, give uh... respect to the good brother, Andrew. Uh, he told me, hey, man, you're sleeping on Pena. And I yeah, said, dude. Oh, wrong. man, we all slept on Pena, dude. She freaking, she came through with the submission. So shout out to Andrew. Um, yeah, man. I think uh, Nunez, look, I, I, I dislike Nunez. I made that clear on the pod. I think she's super overrated. And she showed that she can't deal with the jab, which is shocking considering she's listed as a kickboxer in UFC 4. <laughs> but look, the, the, the bottom line is, you know, Nunez just didn't expect uh, Pena to, to punch her in the face. And yeah, she, she, Dude, she, she came out, man. She, she came out fine. And she, she gave up 
which is, I mean, it is what it is, you know, it's just, it's just reality, you know. And now, you know, it's crazy. Uh, Penton Nunez has left uh, her, her, her team. She left uh, American Top Team. And she's going to start her own gym. Dang. So there's that. She's um, still a champion. Yeah, 145. Still... 145 is, is a fake division. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they have the UFC, the, the 145, it's just, it's just, there's nothing going on. I got you. And then with Poirier, um, Oliveira, I believe, I don't know, I think I picked, I don't remember who I picked for that fight. We picked Poirier. Yeah, we, we thought Oliveira was going to lose. Super wrong. So did a lot of people, and Oliveira's cocky ass one, which kind of pissed me off. But, <laughs> I mean, I mean all, all, yeah, he's, he's a humble guy. He's, you know, do Bronx from the ghetto. This is going to be, yeah. you know, I mean, it couldn't happen to a better guy. I don't, I'm know. not a big fan of the guy personally, but he he, he did he did a lot of grinding to get to where he was, and it was it was a good fight. Um, you know, Dustin Poirier. I respect Dustin Poirier. Um, I don't know how he gets back to a title fight. Ever That's kind of you were saying it was kind of it for him, huh? I mean, not it, but like, man, it's gonna be tough for him to get back to yeah. a title fight, especially losing so badly. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he, he's he's a tough fighter. He's, he's not an easy guy to get past, but there there are clearly some some holes in his game that he needs to work on. But um. I mean, now now Oliveira's scheduled to fight Justin Gaethje, which is another fight oh, that dude, he's touted dude. to lose. Gaethje's going to win that. I'm yeah. going Justin Gaethje. I'll bet the house on that. Yeah, I guess we, yeah. we can talk about it when it comes yeah. closer. Yeah, and we'll also, we'll also probably make another podcast just for predictions again because we do pretty good on those. We have the Adesanya-Whitaker card coming up, and Whitaker's a heavy dog right now. So we'll see with that. Let me talk about the fight briefly. It's 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 still not a good matchup for Whitaker. So you think Whitaker's gonna lose Whitt- again? Whitaker came on and said that Jan Blahovich set a good blueprint to beat Izzy. Oh, but, dude, he's uh, not gonna beat him like that. But um, the thing is, like, to get into Izzy's game, the the guys over the New Zealand kickbox, the city kickboxing, they really understand the idea of if I can't reach on to touch you, I cannot sh- get a dude. Adesanya is gonna beat him if that's his thought to go the way beyond it, dude. He was he just he just sat on him the entire time. He, he tired him out. Well, um, with 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 it was it was an interesting fight because um, Jan just wouldn't bite on Izzy's feints, and then yeah. in the fourth and fifth, he was able to engage in grappling. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was it was a smart it was a smart move, and it was it was a savvy move by by Blahovich. Um, Whitaker's gonna have to um, he's gonna have to stay close to Izzy, but he's gonna have to be very defensive. Because, Australian, right? Yeah, it's Australia versus New Zealand. The Aust- they really want to do this fight in New Zealand, but it's not gonna happen. <laughs> Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> no, no, it won't happen, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, I mean, Whitaker's going to have to try to do what he did in the first fight, which is stay close to him and try to keep the fight dirty and work for more wrestling. Tickets. Well, listen, man, we got this card coming up on the 12th. When the lines are more yeah, yeah, you know, put yeah. together, we'll, we'll have, a, we'll have a big podcast on it again because we've been really good on those, man. I yeah. want to make some more money here on the, on the podcast. Yeah. Um, but with that, man, thanks for thanks for hopping on about UFC, man, with the recap. Yeah, briefly. Um, yeah, we'll have a we'll have a uh, we'll have a podcast when uh, what the twelfth, right? So we'll probably have one the week of. Yeah, for sure. When we get updated lines, and we'll uh, we will definitely yeah. have you give your predictions. So, so there's, there's there's a lot to talk about with the, the time I haven't been on. <laughs> yeah, no, man, yeah. for sure. We'll get we'll get a whole we'll get a whole episode for you on that. Yeah, for sure. You better come come with the notes, dude, because we we want to yeah. we want to we want to get a perfect night again. Yeah, we want had, another perfect I had, night. I had notes ready for the last one. <laughs> I said, I was actually, man, I got these fights right. <laughs> Damn it. I would have made some money. And we dropped the ball, man. We dropped this the ball. It's not a big deal. Is it? Yeah, no, but we want, we want you on. We, we, we need you on, man. Give us give us what you got. We want to give the public a good card, man. We want to yeah. give them a good, a good parlay. But how about we give our beefs, man, Ryan? What, what, what do we got for a beef, man? We got five minutes left. 
All right. This week, I actually have three beefs, so I'll keep them <laughs> quick. Right. Lay, it, lay, quick. It, lay it on the fans, man. My first beef is with Grayson Allen. <laughs> if you don't know who Grayson Allen is, all you got to know is that he's the dirtiest player in the NBA. Oh, and man. Going back to college, he was the dirtiest player in college. And I think Ben sent it to us, and he sent it best. He's like, He's the he's the he's the type of dude that ends up on third but didn't hit the triple. And he was the one eating the donut, right? In the is that him? In the the Bucks too, yes. whatever. Yes. God, what an ass, man! Yes. What an ass! Right. But like when Ben God. said that, he made it perfect. Like he's the guy on third base but didn't hit the triple. Yeah. Like, he has no reason even being in the NBA, dude. He's not like he's he's only he only bounces from team to team to team because of his name. Yeah. You know, he's not a good player. There's so many other dudes that are probably deserving of spots on teams, but their name isn't Grayson Allen. You know, and then couple with that with him just being a dirty player, uh, like the way he took down Alex Caruso, right? Yeah, he's out. He's now. out for six weeks now. Fractured his wrist, has to have surgery on it. He's out for six weeks. Terrible, terrible. Second one with the MLB Hall of Fame. I was gonna be my beef, but go ahead, man, take it. Dude, the NBA, uh, the MLB Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds didn't get in. Kurt Schilling didn't get in. Roger Clemens didn't get in. Kurt, yeah, Roger Clemens I met did yeah. not get in. Two of the greatest players of all time. Arguably like, the greatest player of all time offensively, Barry Bonds. That was going to be right. my beef, but I'll jump in with you, dude. Travesty. Terrible. I think they got to come up with some way to to let players who have, like, at least 10 or 12 years of, of, of service time, let them vote, too, because they're the ones who have – they've played against these guys. Screw the riders, man. Right. The riders are like, oh, it's all about the integrity of the game. It's another third. It's like everybody who was worth anything in the late 90s juiced. Well, dude, that's they the thing. all like, did. People say like our steroids ruin baseball. Steroids ruin baseball. No, dude, that like that era of baseball, steroids saved baseball, dude. Like 100%. it was like kind of like a like they just came of a lockout. There wasn't a lot of like fans. There wasn't people going to games. I mean, presumably they've never even proven that Sammy Sosa took steroids. Oh, right? okay. But no, but hey, real, you're like, going a little too far they, over they the deep end, man. They saved baseball. <laughs> Barry Bonds. Besides the point, he's the greatest player of all time, dude. If you look at some of his seasons, his on-base percentage was like 500 every year. Dude. They say that if you took away every single one of Barry Bonds' home runs, he would have had a 384 OBP. David Ortiz, who got elected, as we're going to take a quick break after I say this stat, but David Ortiz, who got elected, had a 380 OBP. So if you eliminate all of Barry Bonds' home runs, he would have had a 384 OBP. And I've said it before on this podcast, anything over 375, 380, is elite. Yes. And he had a 384 without all of his home runs. So uh, just a quick stat before we take a quick break, our last break here on the podcast. All right, as, as we come back here in the last little half here, Ryan, what's your last beef? All right, my last beef is with the uh, the NFL overtime rules. I, I've never been a fan of the rules. First thing, the, the fact that an NFL game can end in a tie is the first thing. Like, if these dudes go to war between those white lines, right, it's a war out there. And the fact that they can battle for four quarters and then an overtime and end in a tie where there's no deciding winner, that's the first thing that needs to change. Second thing, Chief-Bills game. Greatest game of all time. The fact that it ended without even letting the other team get a chance to prove themselves needs to change. It, it needs to be like kind of like a college rules where it's kind of tit for tat, right? If you score a touchdown – even if the first team scores a touchdown in college, the, the other team has a chance yeah. to score a touchdown. I like that. That's what it needs to be, man. Because, like, the Chiefs, they came out and scored a touchdown within the first couple minutes, and the game's over. 
Josh Allen never even got to touch the ball in overtime. That make me sick, man. That make me sick. If I was a fan of the Bills, I'd be sick. Right. I'd still be sick about it. So, like, I get it. I think the reason that they do it is to prevent injuries because you know after playing four quarters of football you're gone, and then gassed. you're gas. Yeah. So injury chances probably are through the roof at that point. But they need to figure something out where it's more competitive and it gives the other team a fair shot. Because what overtime comes down to, dude, it comes down to the coin toss. You know, nothing that even has to do with the game. If you correct, if you correctly call the coin, you got a great chance of winning the game. Oh, really? yeah, so your I don't think probably... it should come down to that. Yeah. And I think they need to make some uh, some tweaks to the overtime. Play. I will say this too: like I will give props to Josh Allen because he came out with a quote too. He said that uh, he can't really blame the Chiefs for the way they won because if it was the other way around, because you already knew, right? If the Bills got that ball. The Bills are going to the championship game. Right, that's what I'm we all knew it. Won the coin toss. Yeah, we all knew it. And Josh Allen kind of like went out there like in a way that he could have, you know, bitched about the rules. He could have said something about the ref and whatever, but it didn't. He said straight up, if it was the other way around, I'm like I would be happy and I can't complain. So good, good for them. Like it is what it is. And he's getting over it. And man, that dude's gonna win a uh, uh, he'll win a Super Bowl. Yes, for two. sure. He's gonna win one. He's gonna he's gonna best Patrick Mahomes. A few times in his career, you think so. Yep. Um, yeah, so is that all your beefs, man? That's it. Yeah, so we'll, all we'll, three of them. we'll finish on, on, on Gonzalo here at the end. I'm just because you already touched on my beef. It's leaving off the all time home run king, obviously, with the steroids right from the Hall of Fame. But come on, man, like, come on, you gotta be kidding me on that. Like, you can't, you can't have a Hall of Fame without Barry Bonds, you can't have a Hall of Fame without Roger Clemens. It just can't happen. Um, it's just disappointing with all the players and output right now. It's like they're all like, you know what? Like, what's what's the point? You know, how, how are you gonna let David Ortiz is a great player? How are you gonna let David Ortiz in who tested positive in two thousand three? He tested positive with the Twins in two thousand three. That's a good point. How are you gonna let him in and not let Barry Bonds? In? Barry Bonds before the alleged PED use, which he did. I mean, we were all certain of it. I mean, it, it appears that way. He had like four hundred sixty five home runs. You know, stolen bags, all this and that and the other. He played with the Pirates and the Giants before he started juicing. Um, man, just look at those stats if you don't want to look at the after ones. I mean, ah, it's it's tough, man. Yeah, it's and tough. like if you go back to David Ortiz, I think he's a Hall of Famer. David Ortiz, I, I think, think so too. I'm not trying to knock on him. He's he should be a first ballot. And like, continue with your point, but but yeah. like, I'll go back to my guy Sammy Sosa, dude. Like, if you were to take their names out of it, if you just put stats on paper and you look at them side by side. You would not be able to differentiate who is who. Sammy should be in the Hall of Fame. Sammy should be in the Hall of Fame. 500 home runs, Hall of Fame. David Ortiz, he is in the Hall of Fame. Like I said, if you take away their names, put their stats on a piece of paper side by side, they're identical. And then Sammy's better in some of them. In some categories, Sammy's got even better stats than him. So the fact that he's not in it because he allegedly juiced, which I think he did, right? Never proven, though. And he's not. Yeah, it was always alleged. That that stigma around his name. Well, who is the most signings of all time? Uh, Roger Clemens. Roger Clemens. Yeah. He's off the ballot. Well, dude, like, Roger Clemens, most Cy Youngs of all time, not in the Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds, most hall, uh, home runs of all time, not in the Hall of Fame. Pete Rose, most base hits of all time, not, not in the, in the hall, hall of Fame. Yeah. Think about it, too. Like, it's just, like, another off-topic thing, but I find it funny how, like, there's always a guy who just sticks around. Like, Verlander now, Scherzer, like, 40 years old. Clemens was thrown into his 40s. There's always that guy, you know, that right-hander that just yeah. fucking sticks around and throws 100 until they're yeah. like 40, whatever. But beside the point, um, Roger should be in. Barry should be in. I'm not taking any other arguments otherwise. You got you let guys like Bagwell and Piazza in who played in those in those years. I dude, 
call me call me whatever. I don't care. Bagwell juice, man. He was 40-40. He was killing it with the Strohs. He juiced. He did. Like, don't tell me otherwise. And to Mike Piazza, wouldn't doubt it. I'm not saying he did, but I wouldn't doubt it. He was a catcher. He had great longevity in his games. To say that, to say these guys didn't experiment with it, you know, I don't know. Did Yvonne Rodriguez get in? Yeah, Fudge got in. Yeah, he he literally did it. Like he's in. He's yeah. see, that's the thing, man. How are you gonna let these? How are you gonna let some people in but not others? It's just it. it it's the biggest mystery to me. Uh, the the one thing I think would fix it is let players who have like ten years seniority in Major League Baseball vote, because I guarantee you, anybody who played with these guys would vote for any of those guys. Yeah, I heard I heard some ex MLB player talking about. It. I can't remember who it was, but pretty much what he said was like. If you think back to your favorite player during that era, late '90s, early 2000s, and if you tell yourself that he was not juicing, you're lying to himself. Yeah. Basically, this guy's saying every like everybody juiced then. Yep. It, it was just a matter of who got caught. Sammy Sosa, he was a huge name, right? So all the attention turned to him. Mark like, McGuire. Everybody was doing it. McGuire the same. Right. Well, Consego started it, I and mean, then it went from there. So you know, it's tough, man. It's tough. Um, Barry should be in. Greatest player of all time is not in the Hall of Fame. I, I believe you got a huge issue. Seven, what is it? Seven sixty-two home runs, right? Seven sixty-two home runs. Get yeah. a five hundred OBP a couple years. God, man, it's just it's like video game numbers. He's roided and all that stuff. Literally video game numbers, dude. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous, man. It's really, you, you, you can see the frustration, yeah, man. You, yeah. you see how pissed like off both of you guys are pretty upset about it. I it's just, it doesn't make. I thought Barry Bonds was in the Hall of Fame. No, he wasn't. They just don't want to vote him in, and, and like it's not. It's, it's the problem is like if you let one in, like I said this before, I'm okay with him not getting in, but when you let one guy in from that era, you gotta let them all in. You can't. It's not. It's not one or the other, and that's the problem I had with it. And some of these riders are just absolutely stupid, man. Some of these guys are just straight up stupid. Like how are you gonna? Uh, how you, some guy voted for Jeff Kent. Like I, I <laughs> you know Jeff Kent, right? Yeah, Played with Barry Bonds, Giants. MVP, all that stuff, right? Great. How are you going to vote for Jeff Kim and not vote for guys like Sammy Sosa and McGuire? You know, that's just my thing. But uh, Yeah, and like the, the writers, right? They're supposed to be not biased. You know, they're supposed to be objective when they when they vote on it. Yeah. But, dude, they're very – It's it, a lot of times they're very subjective about it, and they are very biased. Like, look, look at Hub Arkish, dude. Like, recently he made those comments about Aaron Rodgers. Oh, God, I was going to bring that up because he's like, not vaccinated. Get the hell out of my face. He said he wasn't going to vote for Aaron Rodgers because he's not. He's a jerk and he was not vaccinated. Yeah, get out of here, dude. Like, get out of <laughs> my face. Baseball. Like, no, it's it just, right. just what people with the writers, though, the people yeah. who are in charge of, who are in charge of putting so these saying, people and giving them into it. It's not, it's not objective at all. You know, a lot of these yeah. writers, are, they, they base their feelings. And, off like, it, that's just know? get it out and throw it out the window, man. This is about what you do between the lines, in my opinion. I unless you do something heinous like murder somebody, that's fine. Like leave them off the ballot. We're talking about just like personal choices and things of that nature, like stuff we don't really, stuff we don't really, you know, want to talk about on the podcast. But you know, it, it's just it, it's like come on, man, leave it between the lines. I mean, and if it gets to a certain point, dude, like I think they might have to entertain like an idea where it's a player only vote. Yeah. A lot of these writers, dude, they never like a lot of the writers. To be honest, they never played the game. You know, they're just dudes. They're really good at writing. They're really good at journalism, right? So they yeah. got these jobs but they never played the game. I think you should let people that played the game, played with these dudes, vote for who should be in. Let Eric Gagne vote. You think Eric Gagne, the guy who had the – have you ever seen it? Like, there's a clip that's, like, viral. You know, I don't know if you can tell. You've probably never seen it, but there's a clip. Eric Gagne in 2003-2004, Cy Young in the National League, was a closer for the Dodgers, and he was thrown to Barry Bonds, and it was about a 20-pitch at bat or whatever it was. And like, He's the best reliever in the game at the time, and Barry Bonds was up to tie the game. You know, it was a tie and run at the plate. 
know, they go full count. And, you know, on the 15th pitch or whatever it was, Barry Bonds, it's a freaking bomb off him, you know. Best yep. pitcher, best reliever in the game. Nobody close. He had, a, he had like a he had a really nasty changeup that dropped, you know, six, seven feet from the top to bottom. It was insane. Barry smoked one on him. Like, let that let guys like that vote, right? Right. You think he's going to leave him out of the Hall of Fame? One of the toughest guys he's ever had to throw to? No, it's just, you know, man, like I know I know some guys, some some writers change their minds and, he missed by was it seventy percent? Seven percent. He got like sixty-seven percent of the vote. You to get in the OB Hall of Fame, you need seventy-five percent. It's the most prestigious Hall of Fame to get into. Yeah, blah blah blah, whatever. Um, you don't let Barry Bonds in it though, man. It's it's not it's not thumbs it down a little. It does, man. It doesn't make any sense. And it, like you yeah. can talk about it all night, you can bitch about it all night. At the end of the day, it is what it is. He gets another opportunity at a sixteen-man committee to get in. I believe it was sixteen or seventeen. Some of the um, you know higher ups in the game. You got to get a majority vote that comes next year. So Roger will be on it. Barry will be on it. So we'll see how that goes. Um, a lot of people are thinking that Barry will get in on that. I hope he does, or else he's not going to be in the Hall of Fame. Well, I was going to say, like, people listening, like a lot of the frustrations come because this is these guys last year on the ballot. Yes, yeah, that They're that also should have been ballot. clear. They are not allowed to be voted in by the Baseball Writers Association of America, as they call it, and they failed to get the 75% needed out of – 75% out of about 300-something-odd voters – um, and then something that also kind of pisses me off is that these are all they they can remain anonymous. If yeah. you vote for somebody, put your you need you should be publicized. For, like this isn't like you know voting for president here. Look, these are this is we're voting for baseball players in the Hall of Fame. Put your ballot up on Twitter or whatever. They all have social media. We know it. They're advertising themselves. Put your ballot online. I want to see who you voted for. You know. I want to see who I can give my thanks to for for the five point six percent mark Burley got. You know, I want to, I want to be able to give give those guys a like and say thank you for voting for my guy. You know, and on top of yeah. that, like own up to your votes. Why did you vote for Jeff Kent and not for Sammy Sosa? Crying out loud, right. things like that, man. So yeah, yeah. I mean, if they publish their their ballot and they put like dude, as simple as two sentences, why you did or why you did not. Yeah. You know? And if I could see everybody's reasoning for why they did not vote for Barry Bonds, or those guys then, who didn't vote for Ken. Ken Griffey, when he got like ninety eight percent of the vote, like who the hell didn't vote for him? Crying out loud! That's <laughs> like who? How do you not vote for Ken he Griffey was, Jr.? Wasn't he one vote away from being the first unanimous? Mariano Rivera, a closing pitcher for the New York Yankees, the greatest closer of all time, is the only player in the Hall of Fame with one hundred percent. Yeah, he's the only player, a closer, a closing pitcher, not Ken Griffey Jr., <laughs> not Derek Jeter. Not Babe Ruth, or I, mean, I don't even know if he was part of those kinds of votings or whatever. You know, not Barry Bonds, Mariano Stinking Rivera. Who, <laughs> what, like, don't get me wrong, brother. he's he's good, man. He was a great closer. Like, I've seen him live. Like, I remember his last game in Chicago. We stood up, we all clapped for him. It was awesome, man. But how are you going to tell me Mariano Rivera is going to get 100%? And Ken Griffey Jr., arguably the greatest center fielder, Willie Mays. Got like 90-something odd percent. One of the greatest center fielders of all time. How are you going to tell me they didn't get 100%? Mariano Rivera got 100%. Right, like the person that did not vote Who for Ken Griffey. Who the hell like are you? You should have to write a sentence, at least to the baseball world, <laughs> exactly. why you did not. And, it makes no sense why you would not vote And I believe there was like like things that went around the atmosphere. It was, I didn't give Ken Griffey Jr. the vote because I knew everybody else was going to vote for him. And like Willie Mays or somebody, <laughs> this is literally the argument is like Willie Mays or whoever was better and didn't get 100%. So I'm not going to give 100%. So I'm assuming that same guy probably assumed that not everybody would vote for Mariano Rivera because obviously everybody did. And so did he. So 
So back to my, you're, they're not being objective about it. They're not doing. They're, they're not doing <laughs> their job. Super... The fifth reason is not to vote because he thinks everybody else is going to vote for them. Well, what if everybody thought that, that? was literally one what of the. What things... if everybody thought? Yeah, that? <laughs> they would, and then nobody would vote for them. Right. <laughs> it's so stupid. That's yeah, that's the thing, man. And like, there should be like a like your first ballot, hundred percent. You know, like why didn't Frank Thomas get a hundred percent? Why didn't some of these guys get a hundred percent? They like, how are you gonna tell me this guy's not a Hall of Famer, man? Like, yeah. <sighs> That's it, man. That's all. That's all for the Hall of Fame rant. It was a big, big letdown for review. Yeah, you guys, I could tell you're going for a minute here. It is, man. <laughs> you know, you, you, they, these guys have committed a lot of their time. You know, most yeah. home runs and ever home run king isn't part of Cooperstown. So, yeah, uh, we got Gonzalo to close this out for the first time ever. The guest is closing this out. What do we got? All right, man. First beef for me is a lot of people were complaining about Ngung wrestling, and I couldn't believe it. I think, in general, casual fans really dislike grappling. And to a certain extent, I can understand it because it's kind of confusing. But it's an aspect of MMA. You got to accept it. Like, it wouldn't be MMA without grappling. I liked it, man. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, I liked the, the yeah. whole thing. With the guy it was incredible grappling. to see that takedown. And what had me freaking out was when he swept Gan. Now, what a, a jujitsu sweep is, is when, Dude. When, when someone's on top of you and you're able to reverse position. You guys were going them. nuts That was in unbelievable. Here. You guys were going nuts in here when that happened. All of you guys. And I'll tell you what, you don't, it's really fucking hard to do that. Yeah, like I've I've been doing jujitsu like cuss. I can't do it consistently. It's really fucking hard to do. Yeah, dude, I saw it because it was like two giants, man. Yeah, it was like two giants, and next thing you know, like Ningano, it looks like his foot's gonna break, yeah. right? And oh, somehow, dude, it, it looked nasty, man. Yeah. And next thing you know, he like gets out of it, and you guys are like, oh, oh my goodness, whatever. And like Ningano was like, he's got yeah. command, man. Yeah. I was like, what just happened? That, that was, was insane. It was incredible. But some people didn't like it, and I, I can understand why. You <laughs> I would. thought that was. I thought the fight was overall a little letdown, but I thought those high spots yeah. in, the, in the fight, man, those were awesome. Man. Yeah, I'll tell you, what, you feel like Gan isn't an exciting fighter. And that's probably why you feel like it was a letdown because Gan, his whole gimmick is fighting. I thought he was gonna like try to knock him out. No, or something. Gan isn't a knockout. He's he's only had one. He's had two stoppages in his run to the title. He stopped Junior Dos Santos and he stopped Derek. Every, all, every other fight was a unanimous decision. Yeah. And in fairness, like my people like Michael Bisping were saying, like you you can't fight that way if you want to be champion. But it's one of those things where it's like, what else do you want Gan to do? At the end of the day, he's like against like Jardinia was like it was a really boring unanimous decision. But it's one of those things where Jardinio was kind of just comfortable with having his back glued to the cage. Like, he needed to do, he needed to take a risk, and he wasn't willing to. Mm. But in general, I thought it was awesome. I think people need to stop complaining about it. Yeah, stop complaining, you asshole. Um, My my second beef is going to be short, which is Bilal goddamn Muhammad. He beat the (laughs) shit out of Wonderboy Thompson. I was really pissed off about that. Oh, when did that happen? It happened, uh, that that happened. dude. It was it was so poetic because Wonder Boy got unanimous decision the same night. Tom Woodley got knocked out by Jake Paul. Okay. And it's poetic because um, Wonder Boy Thompson had a classic fight against Tyron. So Woodley. that was a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it was a couple weeks okay. ago. And he, he had a, he had a classic fight with, against Woodley back when they were both um, when Woodley was champion, and it was like a you know fight of the year candidate. You know, it, it went went to a draw, and then a few years later, Wonder Boy's getting brutally wrestled, messed up by. Bilal Muhammad and Jake Paul's getting knocked out. Yeah, I mean, Jake Paul's knocking out time. What were your thoughts on that, man? The Jake Paul stuff, dude. I mean, it was what it was. It's a carny show over there. (laughs) I respect Jake Paul, but um, (laughs) he needs to fight people with his own size and people who are actually boxing. Carney show. The fucking Carney show, boy. Dude, I was actually, like, while we've got you here, and this is my first time doing the podcast with you, that was Uh one of my questions, actually. Like, what are your thoughts about, like, Logan Paul, Uh, Jake Paul? Because who fought Floyd? Um, Logan. 
Logan fought mm-hmm. Floyd. Yeah. Like, dude, that had to have been one of the biggest, like, farces in yeah. the, dude, the, if you bought that, his, the professional sports history. If you bought dude, that, like, you lost your mind, dude. It was a waste of time. It, dude, it's a bad look for boxing. Like, I'm not a big boxing fan, yeah. but, like, as just, like, somebody that just will occasionally watch it. Yeah. It made me not want to watch <laughs> yeah, it anymore yeah. after that. I was like, dude, boxing is, like, this shit's, like, fake now. Like, they're going, like, the fake route of it. The fact that people think that Floyd couldn't just knock yeah. this dude out if he wanted, like, it, just, it tarnishes the game, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Like, you know, there's a lot – boxing has been tarnishing itself for years. I don't follow boxing that hard, but I know a decent amount about it. The issue is they're obsessed with creating these fighters who have these nice O's. So, like, 20 and 0, 23 and 0. Like, um, yeah. Tommy, yeah. Here's, here's a crazy stat. Jake Paul was going to fight Tommy Fury. Yeah. They, they were gonna fight. You want, well, Tommy Fury is his first real boxer. You know what the combined record of his opponents are? Four and 100. Of Tommy Fury's opponents? Yes. Oh, the combined yeah. record of Tommy Fury's opponents. Four and 100. <laughs> He could literally fight five more guys of like twenty and zero, and he still wouldn't have like his opponents wouldn't have a neutral record. Right. There, there's no real boxers. Like, what is a real boxer? That's the same thing with Caleb Plant, right? Yeah. Caleb Plant, who fought Canelo Alvarez, <laughs> like was like twenty four and zero or whatever yeah. it was. It's because they're just destroying the competitive integrity of boxing. Yeah. So exactly. I don't. I mean, Logan Paul, he isn't new. He is, I was alright with it because it's one of those things where like boxing is been on the decline for a long time yeah, it's one man. of those reasons it is man it's one of those things where like i remember when they did uh fury versus wild there was an amazing fight that was awesome and people were saying like oh man mma could never do something like this and it's like well boxing can never be as consistent as mma <laughs> like they have they have two guys who can put on a competitive show once a year yeah. boxing has three shows a year two of them were canelo and one of them was fury yeah it's it's, it's, it's disappointing because i like boxing it's it's very interesting but people don't understand it's a gentleman's sport it's not a yeah. fight it's a way for like you can only use your hands, you know, and that's something. It's it's you, you can take those tools into MMA because it teaches you certain things, so it's it's a valuable martial art to know. But it's a gentleman's sport, so I feel like people go into it expecting wrong things. What you do know? you uh, what do you make of this Tyson Fury calling out Francis Ngannou stuff? Because well, Ngannou's like, I'm like, going for it. dude, I think I don't know, man. I don't think you should. I think that obviously in, in like in a bar fight yeah. or something, right? Ngannou's gonna kill him, but but in a boxing match, man, what do you it, think? It's man? a it's a fun money fight. I wouldn't watch it. Um, <laughs> I think I think Francis's performance against Gon proved that he would lose a boxing fight. You think like Gon would be better suited for it? Yeah, I think Gon's a better striker. People are saying that Francis had you know two bad wheels, and that and who knows maybe with when he's healthy he'd do better. Yeah. But here's the thing with the twelve ounce gloves. I mean, we we don't truly know how powerful of a hitter Tyson Fury is because he's never worn four ounce gloves like Gano has. Yeah. You know power, what I mean? Power of a truck. So quote if if you put 12 ounce gloves on Francis, is he gonna hit the same? No. Yeah, he's not. So I don't I'm not that interested in that fight. But to go back to what Ryan was saying, I respect the Paul brothers. You know, they they've they've taken the professional wrestler route to promoting themselves, which is something that MMA fighters need to pick up on. You need to watch professional wrestling, which is I mean it's it's fake, but but it's it's real in the sense that like CM Punk went in and got murdered by Mickey Gall. But Mickey Gall would never have the ability to make a crowd stand the way CM Punk does. Yeah. And you have you have to understand because the promotion styles they use in pro wrestling are the same to use in combat sports. But in general, I respect the Paul brothers. Um, I don't know how long this little carnage show they have going is going to last. <laughs> uh, maybe another year. Oh, but I, I'm not. I've never been interested. I've, I've never. I've always been very apathetic towards Paul. Like I never hated him, but I never loved him. I don't. I'm, I don't, I'm not gonna. I hate the guy. I don't understand like why he gets people. So, I guess because he's a YouTube kid. But he's just annoying to me, man. Yeah, he's, he's, he, he does the professional wrestling. And it's just the fact that he thinks he's actually he's he's not a bad boxer, but like in terms of like a civilian fighting him. But like, don't come over here and tell yeah. me f- knocking out Nate Robinson and fighting 
Tyrone Woodley yeah. is, 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 is like makes you good. Well, made Tyrone Woodley striking so dangerous with his ability to mix it up with yeah. the wrestling. But to go back to my beef, Bilal Goddamn Muhammad, man. He's, <laughs> he got booked for a fight against Vicente Luque. I just don't I don't view Bilal as an elite fighter yet. And I could be wrong. I didn't give him his respect to one away. Set on a pay-per-view card? Um, yeah, he's gonna. Uh, it's gonna be something in March or April. Okay. Um, he's gonna fight with Sensei. He lost to Sensei already. Bilal's only he's like twenty one and three. He has a nice record. And here's what I'll say: I give Bilal a hard time, but it's it's good that I'm talking about him because he's taking on a professional. He always he wears sunglasses inside. He's always talking on Twitter, and good for you know. At the end of the day, I have an opinion about him, and that's good. That's good for him. Yeah. Um, but it's I don't like good. him. I really hope he loses his next fight. That's the thing with Francis, man. Like Francis is such like a good dude. You yeah. can tell, like dude, breaks like shoveled sand yeah. going up in yeah. Africa. I was I was really angry during the uh, Wonderboy fight. I was legitimately I was watching my brother. I was I was I was really pissed. Like I was really mad when Wonderboy lost because I mean, Balok he did better than Gilbert Burns did, but he just like just wrestle fucked him for fucking fifteen minutes. Yeah. And it was just I mean, it's crazy because Wonderboy has like eighty three percent. Takedown defense accuracy. So he's very good at not getting taken down. So what happened to him? He just, he just it was kind of like a lack of effort. I mean, Wonderboy's 38 years old, and I you have to wonder. He's like, 38? Yeah, he's 38. Dude, dude does not look 38. Yeah, I mean, he's, he, he looks takes young, care of man. He looks young. I like Wonderboy Thompson a lot, man, because I like those unique fighting styles. He's one of the only karate fighters mm. who has made it that super far in the UFC. I would like to see him win a title, but I feel like his losses to Gore Burns and uh, now Bilal Muhammad, it's proven that he can't be Kamara Usman. Like, in my he mind, can't be Kamara, if he can't be Kamara. I mean, and, he, and he, his best chance was to get past Tyron, and he couldn't get past Tyron. Yeah. So, unfortunately, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not calling it curtains for his career. A lot of people are saying he should retire. When we came and said, I'm not retiring. I feel fine. Yeah. But, like, like back, like, I'll, I would encourage you guys to look out uh, Chael Sonnen's, like, retirement speech, not only, like, on the Bellator panel, but when he spoke to Ariel Hawani. And it, you could really just hear when he's talking about, like, a problem of effort, you know? Like, it comes down to effort. Like, do you still want to do this, you know? And even if it's hard to look back, because, I mean, Chill fucking cried. Yeah. He didn't want because he made up, you know, since it's a whole storyline with him. But it's just one of those things where, like, you have to wonder what's what's up with Wonderboy. A guy who has so historically done really good at keeping the fight on the feet. And this gets into more technical aspects of fighting, but the wide karate stance is a really strong counter to wrestling. Because if you're a wrestler, you understand that, first of all, you need to be able to touch someone to take them down. And yeah. karate fighters do a good job keeping you far away. But also their wide stance. With their wide stance, it's hard to make a wrestling attack because wrestling attacks are square, and a wide stance makes it impossible to square somebody else. Which is why it would have been good against Gilbert, right? I mean, against Guzman and against all grapplers. I mean, eighty-three percent. That means he's he stopped most takedowns. So seeing him get endlessly taken down by Bilal Muhammad was disappointing. So when Kamaru got when Kamaru, who was who did Kamaru, when Kamaru fought Kobe Kobe? Yeah, right? yeah was that a technical takedown? That was a takedown. I don't know. Is this is it like not because Kamaru? I don't know if you know this, right? Kamaru is my never was taken down ever. Yeah, he's, he has a hundred percent takedown. So, Kobe Covington, who the guy he fought last time, it looked like he took him he down. He took him down. That was that. But was, they didn't rule it a takedown, so like, he's still technically like un like unbeatable. They didn't, they didn't rule it a takedown because Usman wasn't on the ground for very long. Gotcha. But it's, it was still a takedown. I mean, Usman was on the ground, if, even if it was for a second, he was on the ground, but. They wanted to keep the nice 100%. Yeah, for I mean, it, looks, it looks good, man. It looks good. Because they, they, Kobe didn't do that much. And my friend Victor was um, saying that, oh, you know, if they counted that takedown, Kobe would have won the decision. But he wouldn't have. Um, okay. It's, it's one of those things where, like, it's because Kobe has such a cold start. It was a close fight. Don't get me wrong. It was probably, I had it 48-46 for Usman. But you could have had it 48-47. The best you could have had it for Kobe is a tie, though. Because Kobe got dropped bad in that second round. And that was easily a 10-8. 
and not to get him to scorn because I know it gets you know some people don't get it. But yeah, those are my beefs. I guess we can cut it up there. I mean, that's that's where I'll leave it for now. That's a quality beef, man. He went yeah. on a long yeah. Long yeah. Long yeah. I thought I was talking about Paul. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm planning on talking. About yeah, it. man. Well, like I said, we're gonna have we're gonna have you back on for uh. We're gonna be back on for a bigger like UFC episode. Yeah. We want we want, to, we want to have it documented on the podcast. So we could put a parlay yeah. out and like our picks. There's overall. so much to talk about, man. I mean, there's so many. I think we're we're right. going we're going at like a 75 percent success rate here with our picks. At least, man, it's gotta be. We went perfect the first night, and then the last paper we we had. Hit or miss. We were we went like we went like 60 70 percent. So like, we're doing we're doing better than that then. So we're doing decent, man. So mm-hmm. yeah, thanks for coming on, Gonzalo. Yeah, man, we sure. appreciate it, man. Ryan, you got anything else to close us out? I was going to ask one more question. Yeah, for sure. About UFC. Uh, is is McGregor going to make a comeback? And do you have any interest in a McGregor Tip comeback? Tip McGregor guy. I, uh, I like Connor. He's one. He's another karate-style fighter. Very unique. Good takedown defense. Um, and he went on a crazy run, you know? You know, undefeated at featherweight. You can make an argument that he's the greatest 145er of all time. You could make an argument. It's tough. But you can make it. Since he never <laughs> lost. I mean, he never lost at featherweight. <laughs> He beat Jose Aldo, who most people think is the greatest featherweight. Yeah, and Aldo's still kicking the around. Whole, the too. only the mm-hmm. only problem with the argument is that he never defended the 145 belt. Um, so if it's some people think he should go back to 145 because if he beats Volkanovski, that would guarantee that he's the greatest 145 of all time. But currently, I mean, he's gotten a lot bigger since he broke his foot against Poirier. He's ranked number nine right now. Who's, he, who's he fighting next? Poirier, McGregor or Poirier? McGregor. McGregor? Who knows? He's been booked yet. People are saying a possible move to Walter White, so 170, which I don't I don't like him out. <sighs> He's won twice at 170, but he, he beat – no, he only beat um, um, Cowboy at 170. Yeah, I don't know. Cowboy Cerrone? Yeah, which uh, – you know. And then he yeah. lost to Nate Diaz at 170. Um, I mean, I don't – is, is 170 just too big for him? Yeah, yeah he's he's five What's nine. He traditionally, like 150. Yeah, 155. Well, he was the greatest one. He said you could make Debate, our, yeah. one of the greatest 145. 145 ever. to 155. The problem is right now, as far as 155 goes, I mean, he can't get past those guys. I mean, he's lost a dozen Poirier twice at 155. He's only won once at 155, and that was against uh, Eddie Alvarez for the title. So he's one and two at, at, at 155. So he should probably focus on that division. I would like to see him fight like a lower rank guy because he's number nine right now. He has some fluff. He's someone who's never paid his dues. It's not like I'm not saying all MMA fighters have to do this, but you want to give like a lower rank guy a chance. Yeah. And he's never done that. You know, he's never like, like for example, we call it like elevators. So like the number, for, for example, um, Derek Lewis is gonna fight Taito Ivasa. Yeah. Taito Ivasa's number eleven. Derek's number three. It's a chance for Taito Ivasa to to cut a year off his mm-hmm. career so he can fight. That's you know, a heavyweight fight too. So that could that could go and anyway. Connor could do that for somebody. There's because there's a lot of. Good fighters at 155. You could fight, you know, this dude named Rafael Fitz. I don't know his full name, something like that. There's a guy, this, this Gregor Gillespie. People are talking about a potential fight with him and Tony Ferguson. I think it's possible he can make a comeback because he actually matches up pretty good against the Korean champion. I think he has a chance to beat Charles Oliver because he's historically done you very think, good. You think Connor does? I think he could beat Charles Oh, I think he matches up well <laughs> against him because Oliver is it's, it's just not a good matchup for him, frankly. I don't think it's a good matchup for Oliver. I will say this really quick, like we've got two minutes here. I was listening to Joe Rogan talk about like who are the like the biggest badasses ever on his podcast, and he he did mention that like out of all the guys, all, a lot of these guys are like divas about it. Like I'm not gonna fight this guy because yeah, this guy's yeah. that. He said the only guy to ever say hell yeah, I'll fight this guy, Conor McGregor. Yeah, He's the only guy you said I'll take this challenge and I'm gonna I'll fight this guy. I'll fight that. I don't care who it is. Conor fight anybody. Yeah, and that's that's what's cool about Conor, man. That's yeah. why he's such like a like a badass dude. Yeah. I, I watched this one Netflix do, uh, documentary on him. I don't yeah. know if you've seen it, but 
like before before I watched it, I didn't really have any like feelings towards him. I just knew yeah. he was a good fighter. After I watched the documentary about him, I was like, dude, I got all the respect yeah. in the world for this. Yeah, plumber. Like, he bets on himself, you know, and most of the time when he does bet on himself, he he's proven to win, you know. So, so I, I think it's possible he's gonna come back. I think it's it's a tough path. I don't think he has tough matches against guys like Justin Gaethje and a lot of the top fives at one fifty five. But I think he's capable. He's a well liked guy, man. He's capable. Yeah. He's capable. All right, we got about thirty seconds here. Child, thanks, man. You got one last remark for us? No, that's a good spot to cut it off, man. Good yeah, questions man. from Ryan. Good yeah, questions. man, Ryan, 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 talking about UFC stuff, man. The casual, like a little stand, <laughs> a, a standard buy, I guess you could say, in terms of the UFC talk. Yeah. Don't really know much about it, but man, it's he's this guy could fill your head up with a lot of stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. Ryan, anything before we close it out, man? No, man, we got a championship weekend coming up. Hopefully, more stuff about baseball coming through. Lockout news, but yeah. yeah, I'm good, man. Hope they made progress. So hopefully, we're talking about something more positive next week. There's a lot of progress there. Here's to hoping uh, spring training happens on time, huh? Yep. All right. Well, uh, everybody, thank you, Gonzalo. Thank you, man. Yeah, we appreciate yeah. it. Uh, we will see you guys all next week. Hopefully, with a Niners victory on Sunday. Let's go Niners. Let's go, boys from the Bay. Rams are going down. Niners to the ball. Thank you, everybody. See you next week.